0: Okay, recently, we've been uh, considering some characteristics uh, of a healthy church, and uh, this is important because we want to ensure that uh, our church is healthy, and we want to learn how to make it healthier, and this will also help us if we ever need to look for another church for whatever reason. And our focus this morning is that a healthy church is one that uses the spiritual gifts entrusted to it. And our text is 1 Peter chapter 4. If you could open there, that would be wonderful. And verses 10 and 11 um, are our text. So First Peter uh, chapter 4, reading from verse uh, 10, The word of God says, As every man hath received a gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Father, as we come uh, to the preaching of your word, uh, we humbly ask that the Holy Spirit would work. Uh, Please help me uh, as the preacher, uh, help those uh, who are listening. Uh, We desperately need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and ears. We need him to help us to understand, for we cannot know the things of God without the Spirit of God. And uh, hence we plead for the Holy Spirit to work in and amongst us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Does the phrase, a waste of talent, immediately bring a name or face into your mind? The individual was particularly gifted, and yet they never made the most of it. They squandered their abilities. perhaps at school or university there was someone who was incredibly intelligent and yet they wasted it that they never used it like they could have done maybe someone who you have worked with before they were very good at their job they were a natural that they could have gone a long way but it never happened they didn't make the most of their natural abilities if you're into sports uh, this happens all the time Some young kid bursts onto the scene, they have astonishing talent, they're going to be the next great, and yet it, it fizzles out, and they never reach their full potential. A waste of talent and ability. I'm sure most of us can think of someone who fits into that category. And here's the thing, this also happens within the church and the health of the church is dramatically hindered when the gifts given are wasted and unfortunately there is a large catalog of believers who have not used the gifts that god gave them well and again i'm sure we can all think of illustrations when i think about this one particular individual pops into my mind and he was an amazing preacher he was powerful he was passionate, he was gifted, and he was very effective, and yet he's no longer preaching, and he hasn't for a long time. It was such a waste. And if we are to be a healthy church, it's imperative that as individuals we don't waste the spiritual gifts entrusted to us. Okay, that, that's the big idea of the sermon this morning. In Peter's epistle, the topic of spiritual gifts comes at a time that we may not expect. The apostle is writing to persecuted Christians. The purpose of this epistle is to encourage the persecuted to persevere. And the motivation offered to them was their hope in Christ. And the immediate context in this fourth chapter is how to live in light of the end times. Notice verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. And in light of living in the last age, Peter encourages the believers to do a number of things. He encourages them to pray, to love each other, to extend hospitality and to exercise their spiritual gifts. And I would argue that hospitality and spiritual gifts is really a display or evidence of love for each other okay, that there's a connection. But stressing the importance of using spiritual gifts in light of end times, I don't think that's an association that we would typically make. And yet that's the connection inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I would like us to consider what this text has to teach us about spiritual gifts. This is quite a short, text compared to others there are much lengthier discourses in first Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14 particularly and there it deals with a lot of the a lot of the thorny issues surrounding spiritual gifts but what we have in our text is really quite elementary but it's essential to take heed to if we are to be a healthy church and there are four fundamentals of spiritual gifts in the text that we need to that that we need to grasp in order to help us to not waste the gifts entrusted to us. And this will help us to be a healthy church. So four fundamentals of spiritual gifts in the text that we need to get a grasp of. The first is this. Every believer has spiritual gifts. There's no such thing as a Christian who doesn't have a spiritual gift. Do you believe that? Do do you think, do you believe that you have a spiritual gift or talent? I think sometimes it can think, well, hey, maybe I'm just the exception. Everyone else has gifts, but but not me. Well, that's not true. This is true for all born again believers, old and young, mature and immature, man or woman, rich or poor, educated or not. You have at least one gift and most of us have even more. And understand that this is not true just for some super elite class of Christians, nor is it just church leaders or influential people throughout Christendom. All believers are gifted. And and I want that point to be branded into our hearts and minds. You have a spiritual gift, likely numerous spiritual gifts. There is no such thing as a Christian who doesn't have a spiritual gift. Okay, notice the text is very clear. It's very straightforward. There's no ambiguity. It says, "As every man hath received the gift." The Greek text literally says, "A gift." As every man hath received a gift. Every man, meaning each and every one of you, all genuine believers no matter your walk of life no matter your background no matter your social status no matter your gender you have received a gift gift here is speaking of spiritual gifts which we could simply define as any ability that is empowered by the holy spirit in order to equip god's people to advance god's work and this phrase a gift it's an indefinite term, and it implies at least one gift, but likely more. So so the Lord gives each believer gifts. This is one of the many wonderful and glorious privileges that we have received in the package of salvation. This is one of the, the glorious graces that is lavished upon us. My friend, if you're a Christian, we are certainly very blessed. And God's people should say amen to that. We are blessed. And what we're focusing on this morning is that we have all been given talents and abilities by the Holy Spirit. It is he who sovereignly superintends the distribution of spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. Believers cannot earn, pray for, or merit, or, or generate these gifts these gifts are bestowed by the spirit it's his prerogative and i want us to understand that this is something unique to christians spiritual gifts are different to natural talents all mankind saved or unsaved have natural talents and abilities but only believers have spiritual gifts now often that there is some crossover natural talents and abilities are redeployed for spiritual purposes say as a natural man someone may had the gift of singing okay but they get saved and that gift okay gets redirected used for spiritual purposes but the clear message of the text is that all christians have spiritual gifts and there's no exception so with that fundamental principle in mind we all have gifts what are some of the spiritual gifts there are five main passages of scripture that list specific gifts okay first peter 4 ephesians 4 romans 12 and first corinthians 12 and 14 and i want you to notice that in verse 11 in our text peter gives two broad categories speaking gifts and serving gifts and i would add to that sign gifts okay there's our alliterated outline Okay, that these sign gifts, okay, when we talk about them, okay, they are the gifts that's operation has ceased having served their initial purpose. Okay, gifts such as tongues are included in this category. But what's interesting is that in all of these lists, okay, they're different. Okay, if we were to compare them side by side, okay, we would see that they all vary. And, and there is no master list at the back of the Bible anywhere. Okay? You can't turn past the maps and there's a master list. So even with the gifts that are listed in Scripture, it doesn't seem to be exhaustive. Okay? It seems to indicate that there are other spiritual gifts. But the gifts listed in the Bible will be common or, or they will be a category of spiritual gifts. But even if you have worked through the gifts in the Bible before, and you think, well, I'm not sure if I neatly fit into one of those categories, I I don't think that's a reason to be concerned. Now, some of the particular spiritual gifts listed in Scripture are, and and as I list these off, I want you to be thinking, okay, is, is this me? Okay, try and evaluate yourself. Assess what gifts you may possess. Okay, so here's a few. There's the gift of teaching. There's the gift of mercy, of exaltation, of helps, of ministry or serving. There's the gift of giving, okay, so generosity. There's the gift of prophecy, okay, which is preaching, of leading, of shepherding, of spiritual discernment. So there are some of the gifts that haven't ceased in their operation. And as I think you can see, this is quite broad in its scope. So there are many ways that these gifts can be manifested. And understand also, some will have a greater portion of the gift. Okay, let's, let's think of preaching, for instance. Someone may have this bigger portion of the gift. Someone has this and someone has this. Okay, someone like Spurgeon, I can't stretch my arms far enough. Okay, you know, people have greater portion of the same gift. So there is an amazing variety and even if you're struggling to pinpoint your giftedness, okay, which we'll come to at the end of the sermon, I do want it to be clear that we all have gifts. Okay? Every single one of us, if you're a Christian, okay, spiritual gifts has been graciously bestowed upon you. Okay, and God has made us all unique. We all have different gifts. We have different combinations of gifts, different portions of the same gift. Gifts can be at a different stages of development. You know, I hope I can preach better now than I could 10 years ago. Okay, we have varying talents, different temperaments, different life experiences. So every Christian is unique. So the Holy Spirit is like the artist. He has his palettes of colors and he blends varying colors as he paints us onto the canvas. And we're all different. It's not like he has six standard types and that's it. But rather, no one is the same. Okay, we're all a unique blend of colors. Okay, and think about this. It's actually beautiful to, to think through. You're hand painted by the Holy Spirit, if I can continue this metaphor. And he has sovereignly blended the perfect combination of color to enable you to fulfill the function where he has placed you. For most of you here this morning, you were here at Condal Park And he has designed you to be exactly what this church needs at this very moment. So this is the first fundamental. Every believer has a unique spiritual gifting that has been handcrafted and distributed by the Holy Spirit. And I want that point to be an encouragement. Okay, You have spiritual gifts. You're uniquely painted by the Holy Spirit and no one else is like you. You have a unique combination of spiritual gifts. You are one of one. There's no such thing as a Christian who has no gifts. The second fundamental is that spiritual gifts are to be used for the benefit of others. So having established that all Christians are gifted, I think the next obvious question is what are we to do with the gifts? What's the point and purpose behind them? The spiritual gifting from the Holy Spirit that we experience right now is something that is unique to the church age. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't permanently indwell like he does now. He was still active, but his role was different. And how he often functioned was by granting special gifts or abilities to people whom God had chosen for specific purposes. If you think of the building of the tabernacle, okay, that there were certain men who were gifted by the Spirit to be able to build the tabernacle, okay, so that's one illustration. But it wasn't all that common. But in Joel chapter two, in verses 28 and 29, it records a promise that that one day the Spirit, along with the gifts, would be poured out more broadly. And this happened at the day of Pentecost when the church commenced. But even in the Old Testament, the Spirit enabled people for a specific purpose, and it was about accomplishing the Lord's work. And that gives us a clue about the purpose and the function of spiritual gifts in the church. And this is really important for us to grasp. Spiritual gifts are given in order to serve others. Spiritual gifts are given that they are bestowed for the edifying or for the building up of the church and for the advance of God's kingdom. Okay, notice the text that says, even so minister the same one to another. Okay, gifts are bestowed so we can serve others. Okay, this word minister, it's the Greek word diakoneo, from where we get deacon. So we are to serve, we are to help others others gifts are bestowed so that the church is built up and strengthened which enables the fulfillment of God's plans and purposes so fervent charity for one another in verse 8 will find expression in the use of our spiritual gifts for the benefit of others okay love and using a spiritual gifts that's connected okay spiritual gifts are meant to be channels through which God's grace comes to the church for the benefit of of others spiritual gifts that they are tools given by the lord for the work of the ministry primarily in the church in the words of the apostle paul they are given for the edifying of the church so with that in mind what are some ways that the purpose of gifts can be misunderstood well, it's important for us to understand that spiritual gifts are not clear evidence of one's salvation, nor are they an indicator of one's spirituality or maturity. Okay, so some will teach that if you don't possess certain gifts, you mustn't be a Christian, or you mustn't be very spiritual. Okay, you'll come across this in some Pentecostal movements. Okay, they will teach you if you don't have the sign gifts, you are either not a Christian. Or you are not very spiritual, you're very immature, but such thinking is not scriptural. Okay, gifts by themselves are not an indicator of spiritual life or maturity. And the church at Corinth is an example of that. Okay, that they were gifted. Paul says in the first chapter how gifted they were. They lacked nothing, but if you know anything about that church, man, they were a mess. They were certainly not spiritually mature. So this is one danger that we need to guard against. But we also must guard against our spiritual gifts and talents becoming a source of pride and using them to build the kingdom of self. And I think this is the greater danger for us. We can be susceptible of pumping up our own ego. Look at me. Look at what I'm doing for the Lord. And I would suggest that those up the front, those in the limelight like me, need to be particularly vigilant in guarding against this, as do those who are particularly gifted. We can very easily use the gifts graciously given to us for some selfish end, or use them to advance our own kingdom, not the kingdom of God's. So we need to remember that spiritual gifts are divine enablement for the body, for the church, for others, for the work of God's. You know, as Paul explains in 1 Corinthians, we are all part of the body. And as each part of the human body has a particular function, so does each member of the body of Christ according to their gifts and talents. And hence the healthy church will use their spiritual gifts to strengthen and and build each other up and to help advance the cause of God. That's the purpose of spiritual gifts. And we must guard against using them to make ourselves look great, or to inflate our self-esteem, or to build our own kingdom, or to measure our spiritual maturity. They are not bestowed for selfish reasons. And yet, we can misuse God's good gifts to us. That's a tendency of fallen and sinful humanity. So we must be on guard for both the obvious and the subtle ways that we can misuse spiritual gifts. Ask the Lord to reveal any ways that you may be doing this and with his help, eradicate that from your life. Remembering that God has given you gifts to serve others. That, that's the mindset. Now, sure, you, you will be blessed as you do that, but that's a byproduct. That's not the purpose. It's all about serving others. And as we think about that, it makes a lot of sense because Jesus, the one we follow, that's what he was like. That, that's the mind of Jesus. He came to serve and to give his life. And that's the attitude required when it comes to spiritual gifts. Their purpose and their function is to serve others, edify the church, and to advance the kingdom of God in this world. This is the second fundamental. Fundamental. The third is that spiritual gifts are to be used. Spiritual gifts are to be used. And I hope this is stated in the obvious, but it does need to be said. Spiritual gifts are graciously bestowed to be used. And I know that is not some deep insight. It's stated in the obvious, but here's the thing. Okay, we can know that we're gifted. We can know that gifts are given for the building up of the church, and yet never use them. They can just sit on the shelf collecting dust. And there are far too many Christians who don't use their spiritual gifts, and this is detrimental to the health of the church. So when we think of spiritual gifts, they're not fundamentally a privilege, but they're a responsibility. And this comes out in the next phrase in verse 10. It says, "...as good stewards of the manifold grace of God." A steward was something that the original readers were very familiar with. One author offered this explanation. He said a steward was an individual entrusted with the administrative responsibility for household affairs. This included the handling of property, wealth, and resources according to the owner's will and direction, such as Joseph in the house of Potiphar. The entrustment was not made to him for his own enjoyment, he was responsible to use his gifts for the benefit of those he served. Okay, so, so that's the image that the original readers would have had in mind, and, and it's helpful. We, so you and I, we are stewards of the manifold grace of God. We're not the owners of the gift, but they have been entrusted to us, and we are to use them for the benefit of others. Okay, just like the steward would minister to the needs of the household by using his master's resources. This is what we are to do. Use our master's resources for the benefit of of others and the challenge here i believe is quite obvious we are to use our spiritual gifts what, whatever god has bestowed upon us it's intended to be used using spiritual gifts is a part of living life for the lord jesus U- using our gifts it's a component of following him and understand that there's a time coming when we will stand before our lord And we will give an account of how we have used the gifts and talents that he has entrusted to us. That time is coming. We are stewards of the manifold grace of God. And we must not neglect the gifts given to us. Now, do you remember that the Apostle Paul, he charged Timothy, Timothy, don't neglect the gift. Okay, so it's possible to neglect a gift. But rather, he encourages them elsewhere, stir up the gifts. And we need that same reminder. Don't neglect the gifts that have been given to you. They were bestowed to be used. The question is, are you using them? Are you using the gifts that the Holy Spirit has bestowed upon you? Or do you have a spiritual gift that's still in the box? You've never opened it, let alone used it. Or perhaps you open the box, maybe used it once or twice, but now it's back in the box. Do you have spiritual gifts that are just collecting dust on the shelf? Or to change the metaphor, are, are your gifts just sitting on the bench and they're not in the game? Maybe they've never been in the game. Or perhaps they, they played a, a couple of minutes, but they're not in the game anymore. Now they're just warming the bench or worse still, they're sitting in the grandstand. And, you know, I wonder how many spiritual gifts are being wasted just in our church. How how much potential is there sitting on the bench or or in the grandstand? We're meant to use the gifts entrusted to us. And understand when you and when I don't use our gifts, we end up weakening our church. Okay, when you don't minister with the gifts entrusted to you, it impacts the health of our church. Spiritual gifts are given to be used, not just admired. So don't waste them. Don't waste the gifts entrusted to you. This is the third fundamental. And the fourth fundamental is that spiritual gifts are to be exercised in the strength of the Lord. Spiritual gifts are not only given by the Lord but they are to be energized by the Lord. Okay, this idea is picked up in verse 11. It says, as we minister, we need God to give us the ability. This means we need the Lord to give us the strength to use the gift. Picture the gift like a power tool. Okay, You've been given the power tool, but it needs to be plugged into the power source in order for it to work. And that power source is the Lord's. The verb giveth here means to supply lavishly. And it was often used of someone who would cover all of the expenses of something, such as training a choir to get them ready for a performance. Someone would pay for absolutely everything. That's the sense. So the Lord not only gives the initial gift, but we need to be relying and depending on him as we endeavor to use the gift. So all Christian service should be executed in a, in a spirit or in, in a mind of humility and divine enablement. Okay, we are dependent on the Lord. And there is a danger in the church that we can serve, we can minister in a self-sufficient and self-dependent way. Okay, we, we can get to a point where we think, hey, I've got this. I know what I'm doing. I've done this countless times previously. I've even experienced some success. And very soon we shift the ownership of the enterprise. It becomes my ministry. It's about me. And we can trust in ourselves and in our techniques, our processes, our vision, our ability. This is a danger for all of us to be aware of. We are to minister. We're to use the gifts in the lord's strength we need his enablements we need his empowerments and this applies to all areas of ministry great and small it doesn't just apply to preaching okay? often you'll hear lord help the preacher and that's a wonderful prayer the preacher needs help pray right now okay but we need the lord's enablements and empowerments in every ministry in the use of every gift. Okay, it's needed in church, It's needed in media. It's needed on Friday night. It's needed in Sunday school. It's needed as we help in practical ways. It's needed as we give, as, as we give, sorry, as we show mercy. Okay, we need the Lord's strength. We need his enablement in the use of our gifts. How do we do this? Okay, well, what does that look like? Well, very simply, it comes about by prayer. How much we pray and what we pray for will reveal whether we are depending on the Lord or on ourselves. And I suspect this is an area where we can often fail. We we can get to a point where we know what we're doing, and particularly if we're good at something, if if we're very gifted, we can very easily pray very little or even not at all. But understand, when we do this, we're unplugging from the divine power source. And, you know, I can speak to this temptation as a preacher. You know, I've written enough sermons now that I half know what I'm doing. And on paper, I could write a semi-decent sermon that's faithful to the text. But if I did that in my own strength, in my own ability, that would accomplish nothing. Nothing at all. Because I need the Lord. I need the Lord to help me write the sermon. I need the Lord to help deliver it. And that is true of every spiritual gift. Without the Lord's strength, okay, we are getting around with unplugged electrical appliances. Sure, they may look cool, but they're useless. Okay, that They need to be plugged in in order for them to accomplish anything. So we need to be depending on the Lord. We need his enablements. And this is the way because this brings him the glory that's how the verse concludes because we as fallen humanity we we like a little bit of glory okay, we could view glory like, like a drug okay we, we love to have a hit of glory and this is why we don't power the gifts because we would take the glory we would take the adoration But the spotlight isn't to be on us. It's to be on the Lord. He deserves all glory, honor, and praise. And that's why he gives the gifts and he enables us to use the gifts because that way he receives all the glory. And that is why this fourth fundamental is vital. The Lord gives the gifts, but he also empowers the gifts. And we desperately need his enabling and strengthening if we are to be a healthy church. So for us to be a healthy church and to be increasing in health, we we need a broad diversity of gifts and we need the gifts to be deployed in the Lord's service. I understand very practically, we need each other. I need you using your gifts to minister into my life and vice versa. Why? Because no one has all the gifts. You don't have all the gifts. I don't have all the gifts. That's God's design. And his intention is for us to need each other. And the Lord has designed you in a unique way. Your hand painted by the Spirit, he's blended certain colors together, and you are what our church needs at this very moment. Can we all fit together like, like a massive puzzle? But perhaps you're thinking, well, I don't know what my spiritual gift or gifts are. How do I determine that? Okay, how do I know where I'm gifted? And, and that's a good question. And no doubt there are different ways to answer this. And here is one approach. If you have different thoughts on how to answer this question, that's okay. But here's a couple of suggestions. Okay, number one: what do you enjoy doing? What, what do you desire to do in the church? do you have a, a burning desire? You know, I would love to be involved in this or, or that. What interests do you have? Number two, what do other people think that you were good at? Okay, to talk to other people, talk to people who know you well and say, where do you think I'm gifted? Because often they can provide you an opinion that is far more objective than your own. Number three, has there been any blessing from the Lord ministering in a particular area? Okay, you've served in a particular way and it seems as though the Lord has really blessed. Number four, what are the needs in the church? In what ways could you best serve others? Remember, spiritual gifts is all about serving others. Look around and think, where are the needs in the Condor Park Bible Church? Where can I best serve others? And then number five, just start serving wherever you can. And often it becomes obvious to you and others. Fill a need. And often it will become obvious if you were gifted in that area or if you were not. So the idea is, okay, don't just sit around and go, well, hey, I'm, I'm just waiting. Just waiting to, to find out how I'm gifted. You know, I'm hoping the Lord will have some writing on the wall. And, you know, Brandon, you have this gift, this gift, and this gift. You know, I've been waiting around for 30 years why waiting for this. No, that's, that's not the idea. Okay, as believers, we need to, to minister to one another. And we need to get busy serving others and serving him right now. And usually our areas of giftedness gradually become apparent both to yourself and to others as we serve the Lord. So my friend, you are uniquely gifted. God has equipped you and will enable you to perform a role and function. And please understand that you're needed in this church. You're needed for us to be healthy and for us to be increasing in our health. We, we need a broad range of gifts to be actively deployed. And if you're not using your gifts, please understand this is affecting others. Okay, you're robbing those around you and you're not using what the Lord has entrusted to you. And understand you are accountable to him for what you do with that which is entrusted to you. Now, to bring all of this to a close, I, to a close, there are, I think there are really two groups when it comes to spiritual gifts. There are those who need encouraging and there are those who need a metaphorical kick in the pants. Okay. So number one for the kick in the pants, very simply use what God has given you. Okay. Stop wasting it. Stop sitting on the bench. Stop sitting in the grandstand, but get into the game, serve others. We, we need your gifts and abilities there are often far too many in the church who don't use what they've been given and maybe that's you okay our church needs you i need you in my life the person beside you the person in front of you the person behind you that they need you use what the lord has given you stop wasting the gifts and then for the encouragement there are many here who are faithfully serving others and using the spiritual gifts entrusted to them. Thank you for using your spiritual gifts. Thank you for ministering to me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for ministering to my family. Thank you for helping the church. And I encourage you, continue. Keep it up. Use what the Lord has given you. Okay, Our church has continued for 85 years because of primarily God's faithfulness but also because Christians have used their gifts. And many of you have played a massive role in that. And in order for our church to continue, for it to thrive, for it to grow, it needs us to be using our spiritual gifts. The Lord has gifted us all. We have a unique combination. But we are purposefully designed and equipped. We all have a role to play in the Lord's work. And isn't that astonishing? that the Lord in his infinite wisdom would entrust his work to us my friend that's an amazing privilege so let's get to work let's use what the Lord has given us our church needs each and every one of you to be using your gifts you have a crucial role to play okay we've been saved and we've been gifted to serve and glorify the Lord that's our purpose And may we be fulfilling this, for as Christians use the gifts entrusted to them by the Lord, we will be a healthy church, and we will be a church that the Lord can use mightily, all for his glory. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you uh, for this time that we've been able to spend in your word, considering uh, the topic of spiritual gifts. And uh, Lord, I do pray that you would help each and every one of us to use uh, that which you've entrusted to us. And Lord, for those who are uh, serving faithfully and tirelessly, I do pray that you would encourage them uh, that this morning. And you know, and if there are some here who, who need that uh, challenge to, to step up, I do pray that you would be working uh, in their lives uh, this morning as well. Lord, we want to be a healthy church. We want to be a church that makes an impact for you. Please help us with this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite Ben to lead us in our final hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be.